You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Whatever you do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Folks, your team oh. every day. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Yes, she is back. Lily Zhao and Zhao Yu Duin makes its triumphant return for draft week. We talk about some of the comments Brian Gutekind made yesterday in his press conference um, and uh, some of the the questions that he faced as well, etc., etc. All of the, the fun headlines around this team. We'll get to that coming up in just a little bit. Let's start with the Brian Gutekind's commentary because the, the press conference opened with him facing a lot of questions about Aaron Rodgers' future, about the contract. So Brian Gutekind gave what I thought was a pretty straightforward answer about the future of Aaron Rodgers. So I'm not going to get into contract specifics, but Aaron's our guy. Um, he's going to be our quarterback for the foreseeable future. We're excited about, you know, kind of the things we're going to try to accomplish here over the next couple of years. So um, we certainly think that, um, you know, with the contract that you're kind of talking about is something we'll work through. We're going to have to do probably a few things with different contracts as we as we head towards the season and through the season to make sure that our salary cap situation, not only this year, uh, but in 2022 um, is square. So um, we're not done yet. We've done a lot to get here. Uh, we've kind of been doing things as we go, and we will continue to do that as we go. Okay. We're done. I'm not going to talk about this anymore, at least not for a while, unless and until something happens that that actually fundamentally changes the facts on the ground. Do I think Rodgers is super pumped about not having guaranteed money beyond this season? No. Does it seem like the Packers are trying to get something worked out? Yes. Okay. That's where we are. Until further notice, Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, and we are going to continue to operate under those assumptions. What I thought was more telling for what we're trying to deal with here over the next couple of days and projecting what the Packers are going to be, what the Packers are going to do in the draft, is Brian Gutekunst, in a couple different answers, hinted at how satisfied with this roster that he is. He talked about, you know, hey, they weren't able to bring in outside guys, but they got the number one running back, the number one offensive tackle, the number one defensive tackle on the market. That's not going to be satisfying to a lot of fans. They're going to say, well, but those guys were on the team that just weren't good enough to win the Super Bowl. I would push back and say this team was absolutely good enough to win the Super Bowl. They just didn't play well enough in the NFC Championship game. And Brian Gutekunst essentially said as much after the season. Hey, we felt like we had... A great roster. We didn't play well in this big game. So you do think that you probably have to supplement that with some talent. You do want to turn over your roster to some extent. He went so far as to say he didn't think Kevin King would be back because he assumed that the Packers would not be able to afford him. And the market did not bear that out. 
And the Packers clearly think more of Kevin King um, than than we do. And he said it point blank. Gutekind said, we're a better football team with Kevin King on the field than without him. So, okay, Josh Jackson, they don't have faith in that guy. Kadar Holman, they don't have faith in that guy. What does that tell us about the cornerback position? Well, it tells us two things. Number one, they think Kevin King is at least a reasonable stopgap answer in 2021. So maybe the urgency to draft a cornerback is not going to be there. But it also tells us that they don't think probably anyone on this roster is a reasonable starter in 2022. And we know this team, when possible, drafts for the future. So I know that the cynical viewpoint and what it's going to be, but Green Bay understands they don't have guys who are going to be under contract. Kevin King has void years after this year, which basically guarantees he will not be on the roster unless he lights it up. And that seems pretty unlikely. We have no evidence to suggest that such a leap is possible, much less likely. So corner, I think, very much remains on the radar, though Gudekinst talked about the advantageous position that he was in because this is a good roster. And you know, he talked about the idea of need and that need can be a tiebreaker when two players are graded similarly, but that he hasn't really felt the, the need to move up um, for guys that they had to draft. Although he did say that they they sh- there should always be the allowance to go up and draft a special player if you see the opportunity to get one. And he said that they've done that in their three years, uh, his three years as GM. So they traded up for Jair, they traded up for Darnell Savage, and they traded up for Jordan Love, which means Goody thought, thinks, those three guys were special players. So regardless of what you think, the Packers think that. Okay, but back to this idea of roster building. It really does seem like this is another year where they are just going to stick to their board. Last year, that was very much the deal, especially, you know, you go into day two, day three. Running back and tight end were not high on the priority list. But they feel like one of the reasons why I think we always say, oh, they're planning for the future is because they stick to their board. And again, need is a tiebreaker. But when you're constantly planning for the future, what ends up happening is the the moves that you make not only shape your future decisions, but also inevitably things don't work out. So Green Bay wanted to bring back Aaron Jones. They did bring back Aaron Jones. They drafted A.J. Dillon because they thought he was a really good football player. And guess what? It turns out you have two guys who are going to be free agents. I don't know that they went into the draft going, we need to get one of these guys. But certainly they understood the position that they're in. And that does, you know, that that affects the way you view your team when you think of need. So if need is a tiebreaker, you're not just thinking about current year need, you're thinking about future year need. So a receiver is another one. Beyond this season, Not a lot of certainty on who's going to be on this roster. And that is if we're assuming that the Devontae Adams deal extension is going to get done. What is the future at tackle? 
Um, what is the future at linebacker, even though you have some guys in the building that you like? What is the future at corner again? So what is the future at tight end? I mean, you have Josiah DeGuara. You have Jay Sternberger still on his rookie deal. But we haven't seen a lot from him. He hasn't been able to stay on the field, um, which sucks for him and for the team. So sometimes planning for the future is just trying to find the best guy. Because inevitably, in a year or two, you're going to need that guy. Or right now. I mean, when the Packers drafted Elton Jenkins, they had on the roster starting guards. And it didn't matter because, guess what? You had an injury. And now it looks like planning for the future. When the Packers drafted Rashawn Gary... They had just signed Preston and Zadarius Smith, but they didn't know Zadarius Smith was going to be this good. And they didn't know that after year one with Preston Smith, he would crater. Well, guess what? At the In the second half of the season, Rashawn Gary started games for this team because Preston Smith wasn't playing well enough. It looks like planning for the future. What it may have been was, we think this guy is really good. We think he's the best player on the board. So we took him. Now, I think rigidly holding to your board is not always the most prudent way to go. I would, I would, you know, and, and my uh, mantra in the draft is draft the player who you can maximally improve your roster with over the life of his rookie contract. That intakes, you know, takes into account positional need and grade and all those things, fit, all that stuff. But we just don't know about the future of this roster year to year. Teams change so much. I mean, what if Aaron Rodgers isn't on this roster in a year or two years? Doesn't that change everything about the way you have to construct this roster? So why not just go get the best players that you can get and figure it out? Now, you go back to last year. I struggle with the positional value part of it. Because you go and you get a running back in the second round. He might have been the best player on the board, but is he really going to make your team much better? And especially if you want to sign Aaron Jones, and they probably knew then they really like Aaron Jones. He's coming off a career year. If he stays healthy again, you're going to want to sign him and you're willing to sign him to, if not top of market money, pretty good money. That was not, in my opinion, great positional value. You go into the third round, you get a tight end, who, uh, frankly, was probably going to be a pretty big part of this offense last year. You didn't anticipate him getting hurt. But I don't know if the positional value there is great. Now, if he's going to come in and be a huge part of your offense, maybe he is. I mean, maybe that's part of the deal is if you're going to if you're going to use someone, then great. So you have to have a plan when you make these draft picks as well. All of these factors are important when, when we're trying to figure out, you know, we meaning they, when they're trying to figure out what is going on in, in, in that draft room. When, I'm, when I say me, I'm trying to figure out and parse the value of who they could pick. And then once they have picked who that guy is, how they're going to help this team, what role and, and was the process good? Was the value good in that spot? And so while I thought the value of the quarterback and the, and the potential upside of getting that guy, if he works out, I think that's really important. And, and the upside there is huge. 
I didn't love what I think if if the day two draft goes differently, I think our perception of the Jordan Love pick is very different. I think we feel very differently about the Jordan Love pick. But this team, you know, this year, A.J. Dillon is going to be a big part of this offense. Josiah DeGuara is going to be a big part of this offense. John Runyon Jr. is going to be a big part of this offense, probably. Has a chance to start. Kamel Martin could be, or, and, and if it's not Kamel Martin, it's Chris Barnes, who are part, who's part of that draft class. They're going to be a big part of this team because your roster turns, guys get hurt, guys play fall off. You just never know. So finding, you never go wrong with finding and drafting the best player. It's just degrees, right? So A.J. Dillon, I don't think that was a bad pick if he's a, if he's a good player. If A.J. Dillon is a good player, it's a good pick. Was it, was it the maximally good pick? Mm, I think you're going to have a hard time convincing me of that. But again, it's hard to go wrong picking the guy that you think is the best prospect, um, even with positional value. Uh, issues because if you get a good player, you still got a good player. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. This week has tons of action on the go as the NFL draft is on, and the Kentucky Derby is back for the first leg of the Triple Crown coming this weekend. Get the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for the playoff run in the NBA and the NHL. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get a 50% welcome bonus when you use the promo code Locked On at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. This year, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft Live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft, April 29th through May 1st. It is the triumphant return of the question that I'm sure a lot of you have been waiting for weeks with bated breath to ask. Lily Zhao from Fox 6 is in the building. So, Lily, Zhao, you doing? Oh, it is just so great, Peter, to hear those three words. I am doing great. Zhao, you doing? I am tired, but I am very <laughs> excited for the draft this weekend. And whatever um, hell it brings, um, positive or negative, I think I think it can be both in this case, just because that's how the draft works. So when you look at this Packers team, if I would have asked you in February, if this team was going to go into this draft with Aaron Jones back, Kevin King back. What would you have said the chances of that were? I would say moderate to slim. Um, and again, it's nothing against Kevin King. I just didn't think that they would bring him back. Um, Aaron Jones, I think it was more of a, they have to bring him back, right? Because he's such a weapon for this team. I know there was some skepticism because, you know, teams don't pay running backs. And honestly, he could have gotten a lot more money on the free market, but he loves where he is. So, Having those guys back, I know, you know, Brian Gutekunst talked about they did like what they had 
really liked what they brought back in free agency in terms of their own guys. And you have to imagine, obviously, Aaron Jones is that number one guy that you want back because, I mean, phenomenal human, phenomenal player. It, it, Brian Gutekind said it in his press conference earlier this week that, you know, he feels like he's in a good position. Do you agree? They're kind of, I would feel like, at the same position, but a little bit less just because of who they lost in free agency. Um, and, you know, yeah, they brought their own people back, but I wouldn't say they're exponentially better. They're not in, They're not bad because they have a lot of those big pieces back. But, yeah, you lose a Corey Lindsley. Elaine Taylor's gone as well, you know, Christian Kirksey, all those, all those pieces. But, you know, you do bring back a lot of those essential offensive pieces as well, which is really nice to see. But I wouldn't say they're exponentially better. They are in a good spot because, you know, you don't want to be worse than you were last year, but they could get better with the draft. I know that's what they want to do. All right. So let's say they do want to get better in the drafts. I assume, theoretically, they do want to get better. <laughs> I think fans will not necessarily all agree about whether or not they did that last year. What are the positions that you're keeping an eye on early in the draft and why is it Kadarius Tony? <laughs> I'll get to the, what I was thinking earlier, a little bit later, uh, but we'll just address Kadarius Tony just because you brought him up, Peter. You just teed him up for me. So I got to knock it out of the park. Um, I know a lot of fans want to see a wide receiver, right? I mean, it hasn't happened since 2002, First round pick for a wide receiver. Everyone wants to get Aaron Rodgers, just another weapon outside of Devontae and Allen and MBS and those guys. Could it happen? Maybe. You know, I don't want to get my hopes up because it's been a long time since a Florida guy has been drafted in Green Bay. Um, you know, Kadarius is special in in terms of he brings that energy, though. You know, we lost that with Jamal Williams going to Detroit. Like, he brings just this swagger, this energy. So he's a good person. He does music. So he'd be a fun guy to cover. But on the field, I mean, he's just such an X factor. Let me tell you, just watching Gators games with him, you know, we, we have those moments where we say, how in the world did Devontae Adams catch that? Honestly, I've had moments of how in the world did Kadarius Tony do that? This guy is insane. I mean, you'd think he's fallen down, but then he uses his hands and he gets another like 10, 15 yards out of a play. He's good on special teams. He's elusive. I'm like, this is a guy that would be an all-around great player for this offense if indeed he is at number 29 or, you know, who knows if Brian Gutekunst wants to trade up if if he's even targeting a guy like Kadarius Tony in the first round. But uh, it would just bring me a lot of joy if he came to town, to Titletown. Um, I don't know if it's going to happen, sadly. I still think that they're going to be their, you know, their, tr their true way of keeping guys in the trenches. So I think offensive line probably is the position that they might take in the first round. But, you know, I'm going to keep my hopes up for Kadarius Toney. Um, but back to your original question, though, Peter, I will say, you know, offensive line, I think, is the very popular pick in the first round, along with cornerback, just because of how deep that cla oh, those classes are. But, you know, it could lead to maybe he does trade back because of how many good guys there are um, in the first round with those positions. But I would say offensive line and cornerback are probably the most bang for your buck in that first round for the Packers. Yeah, I remember watching that Alabama game against Florida in the uh, uh, the SEC championship game, and they just made the whole plane out of Kadarius Tony and Kyle Pitts. Like that was the offense, and it's it's not hard to imagine Tony in in this offense with Green Bay and Devontae Adams. I, I was thinking about it, Lily, because we got these reports yesterday that the Falcons could be interested in in trading Julio Jones. And I, 
aside from the question of whether you think Green Bay could or should do that, I don't think either of us believes they will do that. Just from a money standpoint, it would be really tough. But the Falcons last year didn't take CeeDee Lamb so they could take a corner because they needed one now. They, they needed one, and they needed one in year one. A year later, there's a new coach, a new GM, They've got a top five pick. They're thinking about trading Julio Jones. And guess who they're probably going to take it for? A receiver. When they could have just taken CeeDee Lamb last year. So I guess I am, I'm asking, how important do you think it is for Green Bay to focus on the impact that this rookie class could have on the 2021 Packers versus what they could be longer term? That's a great question, Peter. And I think that's one that I think we've kind of been wondering the last couple of years, right? You know, everyone's saying Aaron Rodgers, obviously in his prime, because of course he had an MVP season last year. It's, can you get him a guy to win now? Not necessarily sacrificing for the future, but can you get someone that could be an immediate impact for this team now to help this offense now? Because, you know, one defensive addition in the first round is not going to make this defense go from, you know, they were okay last year to just a dominating defense. But I do feel like a solid offensive weapon for this offense can make it even better, which is crazy to say, considering the year they had in 2020 offensively. That is a great balance to kind of figure out. And again, I know the Packers, their mantra is, where does the board fall? You know, you know, who's the best player available when they can actually make their pick? Do they trade up if there's some really enticing piece But I would have to imagine, as Aaron Rodgers, he's probably thinking, get me somebody that can help me win now. Because it's not going to help me four years down the line, right? Because we don't know what's going to happen in four years. Um, I would say in that regard, as like a fan, I know fans just want somebody that can help them win now offensively. But then you have to remember, this is still the Packers. This is still Brian Gutekunst under the Ron Wolf, Ted Thompson tree, draft developed for the future. So it's a good question. I mean, I personally, I mean, I'm not the GM, but you know, it'd be nice just to get somebody now because you want a quarterback who's still playing really well. You want to utilize those pieces now. But then again, there's the argument of, well, we could draft a lineman or a linebacker or cornerback for the future kind of thing. So I guess we'll see. It's not really an answer, but there's my answer. (laughs) You mentioned QB1. I don't know if you know this, but a lot of words have been said about Aaron Rodgers over the offseason. A lot of words have been written about Aaron Rodgers and his content or relative lack thereof with this team uh, and and the lack of, of weapons, the lack of security. I frankly am sick of talking about it. <laughs> um, how... How how much do you think we should care about this? Like how much of an actual story do you think it is? I think it'll be a story if it comes to maybe the end of 2021 and nothing is done because then you're really kind of in like a lame duck situation, right? With a quarterback contract with Aaron Rodgers. Again, no one's saying anything of true substance on either side. Um, And that's not saying Aaron Rodgers didn't say anything of substance. It's just he's saying nothing's really changed, honestly, since, you know, he made those comments last year and after the draft last year. Nothing's changed um, from his perspective. And, you know, Brian Gutekunst was answering questions about, you know, is there tension? Like, what's what's kind of going on with you and and Aaron and the organization? And he kind of just avoided answering and just said that, you know, 
they're excited about his future with the team. Um, he's their guy for the foreseeable future. And a lot of people are kind of Googling, what does foreseeable future mean? But, <laughs> you know, I will say until if we don't, if the, the, there's no movement, I would say by the end of the, this season, that's a little concerning. Um, but I, it's just, I, I feel like contract talks and Aaron Rodgers, it's going to just be talked about ad nauseum, which is, it has been this off season. Um, so until someone says something that kind of moves that needle one way or the other, it's kind of, People are going to talk and we're just going to have to listen. But um, I think until something happens, maybe at the, at the end of the year, is maybe when we should panic if I guess nothing happens. Well, we don't have to listen, although I do appreciate everyone currently listening. You guys are all wonderful. You very much listen to this show. Um, perhaps exclusively would be my recommendation to a lot of you. Um, <laughs> it seems to me that... The Packers would like to rent Aaron Rodgers month to month, and he would like to sign in a long-term lease. Good analogy there, Peter. Well, I, as someone who <laughs> whose who's lease is up very soon, um, this is something that has been on my mind. But uh, I, I guess I don't blame either, either one of them for feeling the way that they do. To me, I, I guess I just... It's sort of like wake me up when this when this reaches ahead. I just don't think it's going to get bad, and unless and until it does... I, uh, it seems sort of like a waste of time, and yet here we are talking about it, just like all of the content gods uh, command that we do. So let's let's change topics. What do you say? I'm I'm ready for it. Do you do you, do you look at the the rest of this off season? So the Packers they're going to have a draft. They're still they still have some work to do when it comes to getting this team in financial shape. Uh, that is going to take some more uh, uh, accounting funny money tricks, I think, to try and get that all worked out. Is there still a chance in your mind that that a free agent or someone could still be added to this roster? Let's say they don't get a corner that they like. Could Casey Hayward be coming back to town? Could could Richard Sherman be on the line? Let's say they get a Rodgers deal worked out, a Devontae Adams extension, a Jair Alexander extension. Is there still money in the banana stand for a free agent? <laughs> money in the banana stand. Um, you know, from how Brian Gutekunst was talking, of course, he's going to say it depends on who is available, right? You know, they're not going to be making all these these crazy deals if they don't. If there's not a guy out there that's worth making all those deals to get that money to pay that guy. Um, never say never, but it's just the feeling I have from kind of how he's been talking is that it's a possibility. It's a big possibility. If again, the right guy is there for the taking for them to make all these moves. Um, I would say again, because when you're bringing a new defensive coordinator with Joe Barry, it's not going to be easy that first year. So if you can add a free agent, a veteran free agent, maybe one who's been in the organization before, or one who has it like a Richard Sherman, right? It never hurts to have talent on your team. Not saying this defense wasn't talented, but you can never have enough talented guys in your defense, especially when you have a new defensive coordinator who's going to probably in implement his own scheme and, and whatnot. So never say never, but I, I, I would have a feeling and an inkling from kind of how Goody's been talking is that it's a big possibility, which I think is is exciting to see because, again, that's just more for us to cover, right? Um, the content gods must be serviced. Yes. Content eats first. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I would say, uh, I wouldn't say get our hopes up, but, um, I would say it, it's probably a bigger possibility than years before. 
You heard it here first. Lily's out says, get your hopes up about a free agent coming to Green Bay. Lily, I want to finish with some not football because you have been in Milwaukee now for quite some time. You you made the switch from Green Bay to Milwaukee. Um, I don't want to say an upgrade, but, you know, it, it, it was hopefully, you know, a little extra money in your pocket. And now you live in a bigger city, which is which is all great. So let me ask you this question. I know that the the pandemic has has blunted the ability to spend a lot of time going out to eat, but where have you been? What have you eaten that you have really liked in Milwaukee? I need I need the latest. Oh no, I'm the worst. Okay, I'm honestly the worst person in terms of naming things. Like people will be like, name that song for me. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what the song's called, but I know what the tune is. Um, oh man, I'm like, I have to think of places I've been to that I can remember, remember what their names are. You could just Honestly, tell me what you ate and why, and you know, what was oh, so delicious. Oh my gosh. Fantastic. Okay. So, you know, this is no shade of Green Bay. There's just a lot more options in Milwaukee, just different kinds of food options, you know? Um, so I would say like, I'm a big pho fan for, you know, Vietnamese noodle soup. Fantastic. Um, there's a great ramen place here called kawa see i remember i remember that name kawa ramen's really good um cops custard of course Culver's. cops is great let me think had you uh, had you been to cops before i had not never oh wow never in yeah. like covering the bucks in milwaukee for the playoffs when you were in green Whoa. bay you never went to cops wow never went to cops so their flavor of the day is fantastic um third coast provisions if you guys like oysters phenomenal uh, Jake's restaurant, honestly, for a steak is really, really good. So I've, I've kind of bopped around and there's um, Mediterranean food here as well, which is also really good. I'm just like, my taste buds are salivating just thinking about it. Yeah, all. Wow. But I just see the, the range of food here, which is great. It is definitely uh, one of the best things about Milwaukee is uh, the the multicultural food scene and any kind of food that you want. They absolutely have it. So we're going to we'll have you back. And when hopefully we're, we're pushing through this uh, coronavirus and, and things are opening back up, maybe maybe jot some names down next time when you go out. So, so when you come back that we can get some recommendations for the people, Lily, about where they need to go to get their pho, to get their their ramen, to get all the stuff that they need to get. Oh, I'm down. This would be a you know what? If you give if this is an assignment, I'll 100 percent do it because <laughs> I want to I make everyone come to Milwaukee to experience the food. <laughs> Support local is what I say, right? Exactly, exactly, including this podcast and the host uh, and the the current guest on this podcast. Support <laughs> local. Thanks, Lily. Thanks, Peter. All right, I want to thank Lily for coming on the show. Always awesome, awesome, awesome to talk to her. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand his warehouse happens to carry? You have computers. You have a cell phone. That means you have access to rockauto.com in your pocket at home. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low. The same price for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to RockAuto.com now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. 
Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. I am your host as I update you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow. Uh, We will have our mock draft, our last mock draft of mock draft season. It will be the mock draft where I put together the guys that I would take. These are, this is who I would pick in in the top 32, um, just the first round as we as we look toward Thursday. And then Thursday, I'll do the, the perfect Packer at every position. Um, that'll be sort of the bit that we have there. So a lot still of fun stuff to get to here. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find a Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.